Welcome to Midweek Motivation on Wove Inspiration, the extra push you need to keep moving forward. Hey, thank you for tuning in to Wove Inspiration's Midweek Motivation. I am your host, Althea Richardson, and today I am going to be talking for at least the next six weeks, I'm going to be talking about making decisions. Yeah, I made the decision to go ahead and start using my voice. I've interviewed well over a hundred people and now, you know what? I need to go ahead and share my voice as well. So I've come up with a series entitled Making Divine Decisions. And so let's go ahead and get into it. So, you know, every day, we make a decision. We make a decision on whether we want to get up in the morning because you know nobody likes Mondays. Everybody for whatever reason hates Mondays. Um, I like Mondays because why? I like being able to go to a job to go ahead and get paid so I can have some money. So Mondays are okay with me. But you know, okay, not everybody likes Mondays. But then you got some that just don't want to even get out of the bed. Then they made a conscious decision to not even want to just not get out of the bed. You got some people that don't even want to brush their teeth. They made a conscious decision to not brush their teeth for whatever reason. You got people who may hit the snooze button at least four or five times because, again, they don't like Mondays. They don't like their job. So they're making the choice to sleep in just a little bit longer so that they can prolong the idea of going into their job that they don't like, which is cool. But with all these decisions, there is a consequence. It's either positive or negative. And those decisions actually shape our lives into the stories that we are displaying before the world now. So each decision that you make from the beginning of your birth all the way up to now has basically shaped your life. And if you were to reflect back on your past, think about some of those decisions that you've made and how have you, how those uh, decisions actually shaped you. Like, for example, for me, when I first started Miniger Clinic, which is where I work, and um, it was supposed to be something that was just going to be maybe a couple of years because I, at the time I was going to school and, you know, when you go to school and you get that degree, you think, hey, I'm going to be rolling in the dough because I got a degree. I went all the way up to my master's, so I mastered human services. I mastered it and wanted to be like, you know what, I'm going to go get paid. I'm going to get my paper. I'm leaving Miniker because at the time, I was a receptionist slash call center operator, which is not really what I aspired to do, but it was a job paying the bills. So I had to make the decision to go ahead and stay at Miniker for that period of time while I was in school. Okay, let's fast forward. I graduate 2015. I have mastered the human services degree. 
um, thinking, hey, it's time to go. It's time to go ahead and get paid. I start submitting applications all over the place and for whatever reason, of course, I really can't say that, for a reason that God had in mind, the doors never opened. The doors never opened even at my job. Now, keep in mind, my degree is in human services. My bachelor's degree is in psychology. I work at a psychiatric clinic. So you would think it would be really easy for me to at least get some kind of uh, upgrade in, in my position. But God never opened the door for me to move. So needless to say, I was very frustrated. For 10 years, I was very frustrated. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I was at my job for 10 years. I was still at my job. But here's the kicker. There was one point that I had looked for a job and finally the door appeared to open. It appeared to open. And I got all the way up to the day I was going to go to my orientation. And they called me and said, I'm sorry, Miss Richardson, you didn't get the job. Now let's marinate on that just a little bit. I went through I went through the testing, I went through the lie detector test, I went through a panel of interviews. Interviewing with a bunch of people that looked very intimidating, but because of the boldness of God in me, I aced that. I aced every interview that I went through. And to go all the way up to the day before my orientation for them to tell me that I did not get the job, that did it for me. I was done. I was through. I was like, God, I don't know what you want me to do. So I had to make the conscious decision to stay where I am as much as I didn't want to, because at the time, my particular situation, my job was nowhere. It wasn't going anywhere. I was literally in a room where it was big enough for two people. And it was very, very, it was very small. And it was very frustrating at times because I felt like God, all of this potential, all of this that you've given me, um, I, I don't understand why am I still here? But I still, from day to day had to make the choice to stay where I am. Long story short, an opportunity presented itself after 10 years. It presented it itself. And when I went off vacation, after I had applied for the position, I got the position that was offered to me and pretty much doing what I was doing before, but being able to talk more with the families and sharing and listening to their situations and so forth and so on. And um, then the call center that I had been at for 10 years actually closed down. So see, when you make choices, you need to make sure that you're making the right divine choice. Because up until the point where I was getting frustrated and the last straw being that I did not get the job that I really wanted and the door just completely shut down on me. 
I had to surrender. I had to give it to God. I had to make the conscious choice, Lord, you know what's best for me. You know where I'm supposed to be. And so I had to surrender it unto him and just wait, wait and see what he wanted me to do and where he wanted me to go. There may be some parts of your story you wish you could delete. It, delete. However, you have the ability to start a new chapter. So when I made the conscious decision to surrender everything and all, my own understanding, my own way of thinking, my own way of doing things, my own way of trying to find a job, um, trying to move up in the world, in my own way of thinking that if I, because I got this degree, everybody's just going to be knocking at my door to, to give me a job. And obviously that wasn't the case. But because I relinquished that to God and said, Lord, I surrender unto you, whatever your will is, let your will be done an opportunity presented itself and it was an easy walkthrough. It was a definite easy walkthrough. And so when you have decided that I can't go the direction that I've been going because obviously it's not working out for me, that's your opportunity to start a new chapter. That's when it's a new chapter. And it's it, it, you're, you're starting to do something completely new. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So for those of you who may not be, uh, or who may not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the opportunity for you to do a 360 turnaround, to turn, or well, not a 360, it would be a 180 actually, for you to turn around from your old way of thinking, from your old way of doing things is, is available because God wants to do a whole new thing in your life. He wants you to surrender all of the ideas that you had, all of your way of doing things, all of your way of, of trying to accomplish things on your own, all of those self-help things that you've been doing for the most of your life. He wants you to give it to him and start a new chapter in seeking him first. His word says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things and, and, and all means all shall be added unto you. And so when you have surrendered your life to Christ and you have renewed, you now have a renewed mind, you are starting a new chapter. And so your decision making begins to change as well. Isaiah chapter 43 verses 18 and 19 says, but forget all that is nothing compared to what I am going to do. Now, this is the new living translation for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? 
I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in dry wastelands. So when you surrender your life to Christ and you say, you know what, Lord, I need you to make the decisions for me. I need you to guide me in the right direction. I need your divine direction to be able to go and move according to your purpose and will. He will make the rivers, create rivers in, in, in wastelands. He will do what would, would be considered impossible with man. But it is possible. All things are possible with God. He will make a way out of no way. But you have to surrender and ask for divine direction in making divine decisions. So as a believer in Jesus Christ, whether old in the faith or or a babe, usually there are three things we have to deal with. Our mind, our will, and our emotions. Now let's be real. Y'all already know that when it comes to making decisions, our emotions will mess us up big time. The mo the one that really, really messes us up is anger. As soon as something pops off, like let's say for example, you driving, and for those of you who have road rage, you driving somebody cuts you off, what's the first thing you want to do? I know one person used to want to chase the person down. Would be like, look, I'm finna catch up with this dude here and I'm gonna give him a piece of my mind. You made a conscious decision to go follow some some guy or some girl that cut you off, not even knowing if that individual might have a gun in their car or whatever the case is. And it's happened, unfortunately, quite often here in Houston, where someone made a conscious decision because that because a person cut them off, the person that was cut off made a conscious decision to chase down that individual and kill them with their gun. Just shoot them because of anger, because their emotions. That is not the way to go. And there is going to be consequences for, your, for those types of decisions. You know, our mind can play tricks on us. You know that sometimes you know, you just get to thinking, you know, if I just do this, it's going to work out. If I just wait a little while longer, that girl's going to be with me and she's going to want to spend time with me. And if I just keep doing this and this and this for her, that she's going to, she's, she's going to want to be with me. But sometimes you have to make a decision, men, that, that want to be with that woman you might have to make the decision that, you know what, maybe she's not the one. Women, single women, hear me, hear my voice. If that man is not treating you like a queen on a consistent basis, if there's no consistency in his mannerism towards you, then he is not the one. And you have to make the conscious decision to let him go. Women who are in, who may be in a domestic violence situation or may be in a violent relationship, you have to make that decision 
to let him go, to leave. The reason why is because the consequences are too, too great, too, too bad for you because there is a pattern within that individual that is an indication that he is not changing at, at any time soon. And so you have to make the conscious decision to say enough is enough. It's time to go move forward. One of the things that I'm going to be talking about um, for the next six weeks, there are six things that you can do when making divine decisions. And the first one I'm going to talk about this week, the first one that you need to really learn. And if you got paper and pen, pencil, I want you to write this word down. S-T-O-P. Stop. Stop. When you get into a situation where you're getting angry with him or her, or you get into a situation where you're arguing with your, your spouse or, or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your wife, which it, whatever the case is, stop. My daughter used to have this show. It was called Victoria's Secrets. I think she was about, mm, I think she might've been about eight or nine. And we recorded her show. It was called Victoria's Secrets. And basically, Victoria's secrets were about little kids that were telling stories about secrets that they had that their parents didn't know about. But her catchphrase for her show was stop, look and listen. You might learn something. Give me two snaps on that. Yeah, I thought it was cute, too. It was real cute. But that's what we need to do. Before we go off on that friend or go off on that neighbor or go off on that uh, person in the store that might have an attitude towards you for no reason at all, stop. Stop what you're doing. Do not respond because your next response is a response that you can't return. It's like toothpaste. Once you squeeze the toothpaste out of the, 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 uh, the container thing, you cannot put it back. Same thing. Once you put those words out of your mouth, any, any negative words, any cuss words, whatever response that you give to whoever you're talking to, you can't return those, those words. They're out there. They're out there in the atmosphere. So it behooves you to stop before you make your next statement. Because if you don't, that that is for sure going to be a consequence behind the actions that you have shown your impulse decision making it may look good sound good might not be good for you for example single women and i can and i say i talk about single women a lot because at one point of course i was a single woman and i made some really dumb decisions and I'm just going to keep it real. Yes. I made a whole lot of dumb decisions when I was a single woman, but I also had to learn a lot of things from other people that were very influential in my life. 
and I made the conscious decision to turn myself around and go a different direction because of who I am and realizing whose I am. And so women, ladies, single ladies, one, you're out there and you're dating those guys and they may look good from the from head to toe and, and they, they, you know, giving you all these flowers and showering you with all kinds of stuff and it's all good. It takes one situation to take place for you to really see the real person. And when you see that person, that negative person, that's when you have to make the conscious decision. Hmm. Maybe I don't need to be with this guy. Maybe because he gets angry at just the littlest things. That's a sign. A lot of times women, we see signs. We see them all day, every day, but we try to Um, I guess, look at it a different way in hopes that maybe I didn't see what I saw or you refuse to see what you saw. And you're thinking, well, maybe if I just stay with him a little longer, that he'll change. Or maybe it was just this one time. One time too many is too many. One time. If you have a funny feeling, Nine times out of 10, that feeling is telling you, you need to go make the conscious decision to leave and move forward. God has the, the, the one for you and believe that. And at his appointed time, he will send your Boaz to you. Amen. Where are you now and where are you trying to go? Will this decision take you on a rough path? Your destination should be towards God, not away from God. So your decision making in everything that you do and every move that you make, every step that you take, you need to consult the father. Hear me. He has left us an instruction manual. He has also allowed us the opportunity to spend time, quality time with him and and talk it out. Talk to God about whatever it is that you're having to make a decision on. Lord, I don't know how to handle this. Which way should I go? And promise you, I promise you, he will answer your prayer because it has happened a number of times for me, well over a number of times. I would pray to God. I I could have just did a a devotion in the morning and um, uh, an opportunity presents itself. And I'm like, okay, Lord, um, I'm not going to go to the left or to the right. I'm going to you before I make any form of decision. Because if I don't, I don't want to end up on the wrong path and have to go all the way around Robin Hood's barn to get to where you want me to be, Lord. So because you are my father and I trust you with all of my heart, soul, and mind, I'm going to wait for you to give me the directions that I need. I am making the conscious decision, Father, to wait on you, Lord, to tell me what I need to do. And it is guaranteed, ladies and gentlemen, that he will answer your prayers. But you have to wait 
Because if you decide that you want to move before it's time, because you can't wait, because you're real anxious about finding that mate, you just want to move and you want to, you're tired of being alone, whether you're male or female, you're tired of being alone and you just gonna, you just gonna marry uh, this, this guy that you used to know that, you know, he's got problems and you know, he's been married before and he know he had problems in his marriage and you still want to be with this guy or this girl. And, and she, she's just like, she got issues. She done brought baggage with her and you, you sure you ready for that? Are you making that decision to be in that relationship with that person? Are you going to go and, and, and go through it the whole way and support her in everything that she's going through. Are you going to make that decision and know, make sure that that's the decision that you want to do to make? You better think it through. You better pray it through because once the decision is made and you follow through, if it doesn't work out, then what you're going to, what are you going to do then? That's why it is so important to consult with the father in making divine decisions you have to seek the father and when seeking the father he you remember that he left a guide with us which is holy spirit he said that he would never leave you nor forsake you and holy spirit is with you 24 hours a day seven days a week and helping to guide you in the direction that you need to go and making the decisions that need to be made according to God's purpose. You can't go wrong with following God in everything that you do. Then you have some people that are real indecisive. They don't know which way to go. They don't know whether they should should go left or right. They just stay in the middle because they're content with being in the middle. But you need to step outside your boundaries as well. You need to sometimes say, you know what, Father, I'm going to trust you. It don't make no sense to me, the opportunities that you presented to me. It don't make no sense to me how I'm going to fulfill this project or how I'm going to go back to school after all these years or how I'm going to get this business off the ground when every obstacle is coming against me. It doesn't make any sense. But Father, I am making the conscious decision to trust you and know that all things will work together for my good because I love you, Lord God, and I am the called according to your purpose. Romans 8, 28. Yes, you have to make sure that when you make your final decision, when you make that first decision, step in that decision to start the business, to go out on an adventure, to partner with someone um, in, in, a, in a big project, whatever it is, you have to make sure that you consult the father and then he will definitely give you the, the decision and give you the guidance that you need for you to go ahead and say, yes, I'm stepping out on this faith. I'm stepping out on you, Lord God, believing and knowing, Lord God, that you are in control of every situation and every circumstance that comes against me. I am trusting you. I am making a conscious, divine decision to follow you. And I guarantee you 
under the sound of my voice, I guarantee that it shall work for you. It will work for you. I've been on a journey now for mm, about two weeks now. And I had to make the conscious decision to eat healthy because my, my, of course I gained a lot of weight. I ain't ashamed to say, um, I'm 50 now. So I have to watch what I eat now. I really have to watch what I eat because it seemed like my metabolism just completely stopped. And so I have to really be conscious enough of, uh, about what I eat. And so I had to make the decision to stop eating certain foods. Ladies and gentlemen, I know that it's a struggle to eat healthy because there's so much stuff out there, so much processed food and temptation and all of that kind of stuff to where the package looks good, it smells good and everything, but not everything is good for you. So I had to make the conscious decision to start eating much healthier than I was. So even on the days when I see this nice, beautiful chocolate chip cookie or bag of chips, it's like, man, I got to make a decision on whether I should eat that cookie. And if I eat that cookie, is it going to be consequences for that? Well, yeah, obviously it's going to be consequences. It's going to be I've gained more weight and I've got sugar, and I got diabetes, and all this other kind of stuff. There are, there are decisions that need to be made in your eating habits as well. There are decisions that we have to make when we decide to eat well over what we're supposed to eat, and we're stuffed, and we're half sleepy now because we done ate ourselves to death. I'm just keeping it real, y'all. We have to make conscious decisions on everything and we and those decisions that we make we must seek God for help for guidance for wisdom for knowledge because this body that we dwell in our bodies that we live in we have to have them in tip-top shape as believers so that we are able to function for the kingdom and if we are eating all of this processed food and candy and cookies and all this potato chips and all this kind of stuff, if we're eating all of this stuff, we're making a decision in that we're saying, you know, my temple isn't worth being healthy um, for, for God's purpose. It's, it, I, I'd rather feed myself with all of this processed stuff and, and not even care about, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing with God, but I'm just going to do what I want to do. And, and, and let's see how the chips fall. We just going to go with that, but we have to make a conscious decision to eat healthier, to watch what we eat, to watch our carbs and our sugars and, and everything like that. And I'm going to have guests on here on uh, a guest on here that it's going to definitely be sharing some information on that as well. So stay tuned. The one thing that you can do with, without a shadow of a doubt as a believer in Jesus Christ is to repent. 
to repent basically is you're stopping everything that you know isn't of God and you're turning away from that thing and you're moving in the in a different direction towards God and allowing God to help you every step of the way in doing what he wants you to do. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a witness cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which doeth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So you see, when you make the conscious decision to go with Jesus, he'll provide you with witnesses to, to show you that when you make the right decision towards him, that everything will work together, that he will give you the energy and the, and the strength to run the race that he has set before you. Even when there's obstacles that are coming against you, make the decision to look to God, to Jesus, to help you accomplish that which he wants to accomplish in you. Proverbs 28 verse 13 says, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. So relinquishing your, your own way of doing thing and your old way of doing thing, saying, Lord, I can no longer do any of these things that I've been doing. And I, and I surrender everything and all to you that my, my own understanding of doing things, my own way of doing things, um, my own decision-making, I, I can no longer do this. I have to give this to you. I have to surrender everything to you and he shall give mercy. He shall show mercy on you because he loves you unconditionally. If he didn't love you, the, the fact that he loves you so much that that God loves you so much that he surrendered his only son for you to to be able to say you know what I want to do this for you I want to surrender this my son my only son to you so that you can live eternally with me and the only thing that you have to do is give your life to me, surrender your life unto to Christ, to acknowledge that Jesus Christ died for for uh, your sins, and and that you 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 care for him, and you don't want to have uh, to live the lifestyle that you're living by surrendering it all to you. There is mercy and grace upon you, and 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 it makes it so much easier for you to make solid decisions going forward when you are now able to trust in Jesus even more so. John 8 chapters 3 through 11. Now I'm not going to read the whole chapter 
But one of the things I love about this chapter, this is about the woman that was caught in adultery. And if you remember the the situation, the situation was that these uh, hypocrites caught this woman in the act of adultery and they drug her before Jesus and a whole bunch of other folks trying to embarrass this poor lady and said, you know what? This woman here, she committed a sin and according to the law, and I'm putting quotations, the law, she's supposed to be stoned. Now, of course, you know, you guys, you know, that this was a setup for real. This was a setup. They was really trying to set up Jesus and in his response. And so Jesus being cool like he was and who and he still is. Jesus being the, 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 the man that he, he was back there, he stoops down and he's kind of like making a design on the ground. And, you know, he's looking down at the ground like, you know, I hear what you're saying. And they, they're steady asking him questions about this woman. And how would you respond to this to this uh, situation with this woman that has committed adultery? How how would you respond? And so cool as he is, he's laid down, uh, stooped down on the ground and he's making this little design without even looking up. He says, he who is without sin cast the first stone. Okay, I'll wait. That's what I'm thinking in his mind. He's like saying, I'll wait for your response. And of course, they don't have no response because every single person that was trying to accuse the woman of adultery or whatever it is that she was doing, they have in some way, shape or form committed some kind of sin. So they didn't have nothing to say and they turned around and walked away. Now, here's the interesting part about this. Jesus could have responded in a completely different way. Why? Because first of all, he's God and he already knows what the deal is, but he made a decision to not even answer them, but answer the question (laughs) with a question to make them think, to make them, you know, ponder on who they are and, 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 and everything. And so, of course, long story short, all of the people disappear because what they going to say, every single one of those people that was out there had did some kind of sin. And the woman is looking around and uh, Jesus has her look around and say, well, where are your accusers, lady? I don't accuse you either. Sin no more. You can go. She, he made the conscious decision to not even respond to somebody's negative talk. He made that conscious decision to just respond with a question to make them people think. You don't have to argue with anybody to make your point. You don't have to go into a debate when it comes to the word of God. Make the conscious decision to sometimes you have to might just say, you might have to say, you know what? We're going to agree to disagree. Because the word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it's not necessary for me to debate the word. It ain't going to change. 
Now, how you see it and how I see it, it's two different, obviously, two different views. That's your perspective. But I pray that one day the Father opens your eyes and reveals truth. And you leave it alone. You don't have to argue about it. There was an article, and I'm going to close this up. There was an article that I read mm, last week. I'm pretty sure you guys have seen it. And it was an article about a waitress at a Luby's who was serving this grumpy old man, 89-year-old grumpy old man, who was not very liked at Luby's. Nobody wanted to serve him because he had uh, apparently a very nasty attitude. Nothing was good for him. Nothing was right for him. Um, he was rude to all of the, the staff and everything. But there was one waitress who decided, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and serve him. And she did serve him. She, she continued to serve him even as much as the reason, even with him being as, as mean as he was every single day that he came in there, he was very mean to her. And, and he wanted his food cooked a certain way. He wanted it piping hot, according to the, the article. And, and he, he just wanted things his way and he had to make everything difficult. And the only one that could tolerate him was the waitress, the one wait, wait, uh, waitress. So for seven years, they had this relationship. She served him with a smile. She made the choice to serve this grumpy old man with a smile, would try to every now and then have a little conversation with him. But of course he wouldn't, wouldn't even want her to waste his time. Um, never had a nice thing to say about anything. He just wanted to come in there every day and eat his food and, and not even really be bothered. And this went on again, like I said, for seven years. But then there was a point where she noticed that the grumpy old man didn't come in. And from what the article said, he was really consistent on his um, time and when he would come in. It was always at a certain time and every day. But there was a, a time where he didn't show up. And then there was, it, it ended up being maybe a couple of days that he didn't show up. So she started becoming concerned. Now, she didn't really have to be concerned if she didn't want to, because this was a grumpy old man that had an attitude every single day. Every single day she served this guy. She chose to serve this guy, this grumpy old man who had an attitude. Now, let's be real. Would you have served this guy if he cussed you out? If he, you know, you bring him food and he wants you to take it back because it ain't right. Or, you know, he's calling you out your name and, and all of this stuff. Would you keep a really good attitude about the whole thing? Honestly, would you? Because I'm going to be real. I don't know how much longer I would have taken the attitude and the, and the, and the, and the being mean to me. It's, I don't know. I don't know how long I would have been able to do it, but this lady did it for seven years. She was able to serve him. But then when he didn't show up, it was odd for her. 
So long story short, she happens to go through a newspaper and comes across the obituaries and she discovers that he had passed away. The grumpy old man had passed away. She also, in the next, maybe a couple of days later, she gets a phone call from a lawyer and the lawyer happens to be the grumpy old man's lawyer. And just to wrap this up, long story short, because she chose to be kind to this man who was grumpy, who nobody liked when he came into the lubies, nobody wanted to be around him. Nobody wanted to deal with him. Nobody wanted to just, they didn't even want to look at him because he had such a bad attitude because she chose to serve that man for seven years this grumpy old man left her fifty thousand dollars and a car it pays to make the right decision her decision to show kindness despite his grumpiness was rewarded in the end think about your decisions Every decision that you make is a part of the chapters in your life. You're forming chapters in your life. And so from this day forward, I highly recommend that you take a second thought before you make your decisions from here on. I really recommend that. This is Althea with Wove Inspirations. You guys have an awesome day. We're almost there. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Midweek Motivation on Wove Inspiration. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you would like to be a guest on the show, email your bio and picture to woveinspiration at gmail.com. If you would like to continue the conversation, make a comment or you have any questions, you can share them on Wove Inspirations, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. This is your host, Althea Richardson. You're almost there. Keep moving forward.